morning. In the first Bible reading from the New Testament in Matthew chapter 19, uh, verses 18 to 30. Okay. 18 to 30, chapter 19. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honour your father and mother and you shall love your neighbour as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus took, looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will all sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for my sake, will receive a hundredfold, and will inherit eternal life. But many are first will be last, and the last first. Amen. As Kevin mentioned, it's um, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. That can be found on page 227 of your Bible. <laughs> so, chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, lie down again. So he went and he lay down. And the Lord called him again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. So Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again, and the third time. And he rose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. 
So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood calling us up at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which the two ears of every one who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever, for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to God to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also, if you hide anything from me, all of, all of that he has told you. So Samuel told him everything, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Can you hear me? Sometimes this mic is up and down, you can't hear anything that's going on. Let us uh, come before the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we we thank you that uh, you are a, a caring God. You're a faithful God. And even times, Father, when we feel that you have deserted us, you're always there, ready to pick us up when we're in trouble. So, Father, as we go through this passage today, we pray that you'll speak to each one of our hearts, that uh, as we sit here today, that our ears are not closed to your message, Father. Our ears are open and our hearts are open. So, Father, we pray that like that child Samuel, we too will come to hear when we are called by you. And we pray these things through Jesus Christ, our precious Saviour. Amen. Now, many Christians throughout Australia today and even across the world lament that our modern church in many ways mirrors the state of the clergy of those ancient days in Israel when Samuel lived. Like today, many of the priesthood had and make a a mockery of the Lord's laws and were corrupt, living lives that, to say the least, were ungodly. But even the priest, the high priest Eli, ignored the behaviour of his sons in their corrupt and evil ways. If we look at the last words of the book of Judges, it also mimics our, our society today in many aspects. Judges 21 verse 25. In those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Now most of us are familiar with the first chapter of Samuel, with Hannah praying in the temple, where she promises before the Lord that if he grants her wish for a male child, he will serve the Lord all his days. 
And the Lord listened to her prayer and he granted her petition. And when Samuel was of age, Hannah took him to the temple, as promised, where he would serve. And he was placed under the priest Eli's charge. Again in 3, chapter 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no frequent vision. It is thought that Samuel would have been about the age of 12 years old. Scholars are not sure exactly what age he was, but they still refer to him as a boy. So he must have been, if not 12, pretty close to that age, one would imagine. Now Israel was in a period where they had been forsaken by the Lord. They had forsaken the Lord, so he forsook them. He withheld his communication with the priests and sent few messengers that is prophets during this time in the nation's history now what happens my friends, the nation Israel is just like our household you open up your house and say to your kids, go for it pandemonium breaks out doesn't it, kids go their own way with no supervision so it was with Israel they've been given free reign or they've taken free reign to be more accurate as we read in that passage of the judges, they were like children without instruction. They went their own way, worshipping the gods and idols of their neighbours, and the priesthood itself became corrupt, as I mentioned earlier. The book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, covers the state of the Israelite nation. In Proverbs 29, the first part of verse 16 gives us insight to what can happen to you and I. When the wicked increase, transgression increases we can see this in our society today even in our own towns a small country town here and in the major metropolitan areas where people have been led away from scripture and the teachings of our saviour Jesus Christ every day we hear about such things as road rage domestic violence theft and other forms of violent behaviour Nations take up arms against their neighbours. Terrorists commit violent acts against innocent people just to promote their own agendas. Church leaders are, just as then, leading their flocks astray, saying that God's word is not relevant to our modern way of thinking, that we should just ignore those parts of the Bible that may offend certain factions within our society. Is it any wonder that when people and preachers try to point out the infallible word of God to others, they are ridiculed and even abused? People will say that there is no communication between God and man. But I would argue with you, if we stuff our ears with the noise of their opponents and stifle out our Saviour's words, you have little chance to listen to God's message, have you? Let us again look at that passage from Proverbs. When there is no prophetic vision, people cast off the restraint. The NIV phrases this quite differently. It says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Have you ever looked at the directions of an old-fashioned map and tried to find your way through an unfamiliar town or country? 
it's easier to find your way sometimes with just throwing the map out the window and asking somebody for guidance, isn't it? You know, we often ignore the directions from the Bible. We often throw literally the Bible out the window of the car, isn't it? If we don't follow the Bible, read it and take to heart what it's reading us. And yet, in ancient Israel and our modern society, people are doing just that. They're either ignoring or rejecting God's word to navigate their way through a hostile world. And that makes it very difficult to remain a Christian, doesn't it? When you listen to the words of the evil one, they become like uh, candy floss to your ears, don't they? Become very pleasing to your ears. And it's often difficult to ignore that candy floss to your ears. Now the Father God could see that his people were starved of spiritual guidance. So he acted once again to remedy this in the form of this little boy, Samuel, as we read in the following verses, reading from verse 2. At that time Eli, whose eyesight had grown dim so he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel lay down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here am I. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for you called me. But he, Eli, said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. My friends, already Samuel was showing a heart of service. He rose immediately and ran to answer Eli's words, or the call of Eli's, he thought only be told to go back to bed that he was mistaken that Eli did not call him you can imagine Eli get wakened up from his sleep in a bit uh, tense shall we say and this uh, young boy's uh, interruption of his sleep and he awakening him for no apparent reason this my friends is yet another example of Eli's distance from the Lord he was aware that Samuel was asleep in the temple and yet no, it did, consider, it did not consider the fact the boy was being called by the Lord. In verse 6, Samuel called Samuel again. And again he went to Eli and was told to go back to bed. I did not call you. You and I all know that it was the Lord calling Samuel. But as we read in verse 7, Now Samuel did not know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Samuel, a young boy, had just entered the service of the Lord and the Lord had never spoken to him. So when he heard his name been called, he naturally assumed it was Eli that had called him. And yet again the Lord called him and the Lord said, Samuel, again in the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, you call me. Then Eli finally realised where Samuel was sleeping, and what voice he probably heard, then Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls, say, Speak, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Finally, we see Eli, although a bit slow in the pickup, to realize what's going on in the temple, comes out of his denial that the Lord is talking to this child. Here was Eli, a priest, and the Lord had never spoken to him. 
but he realised that the Lord had spoken to this boy. I've painted Eli as someone who was to say at least a bit slack in his, his role as a priest. And remember, he merely rebuked his sons for their corrupt behaviour. He was the one, if you remember, that blessed Hannah in the temple. And now he could see that his blessing had borne fruit for the Lord. And the very fact that Samuel was here, as the Lord had promised. So the penny drops and he, he says to the boy before that he had been chosen, he realised that the boy was one chosen by the Lord, fit to be called by Yahweh. With this instruction the boy returned to his bed. <coughs> and the boy came and stood, and the Lord, the, the Lord came and stood, calling him as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel says, Speak as your, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Verse 10 is significant and an important place within the Holy Scriptures. If you look, if you want to check through Genesis chapter 22 verse 11 and Exodus chapter 3 verse 4, there is a distinct way in which the Lord calls what the Israelites call the patriarchs Abraham and Moses he calls them twice and now here this little boy probably no much more than Nehi has been called twice to the Lord there's a special significance that he has been chosen by the Lord Abraham was to be the father of the Israelites Moses was to lead God's people out of slavery unto the Egyptians now Samuel was to be God's chosen prophet and it was his, his task to pronounce God's judgment on the house of Eli because of Eli and his sons ignoring God's precepts. What we have read is when God began to communicate with his chosen people he was giving them another chance to repent and Samuel was to be the conduit to relay God's word to the Israelitish nation. Hearing God's words to that young boy, to say the least, must have been a bit frightening. How was he going to tell Eli, his superior, what the Lord has said to him? He lay, as we read in verse 15, he, he lay until morning and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel, my son, and he said, Here am I. And Eli said, What is it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do, to, do so to you, and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the and he said that is Eli. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. One can imagine Samuel's knees trembling, can't you? This young boy in front of his chair telling Eli that 
you're condemned, your family's condemned, the Lord is going to ring down his punishment upon your people. A boy of tender years, and yet here's this child standing before God's accused and telling that God would carry out his punishment, but in all of his household. Now in a community where family heritage and lineage was held, was held as extremely important, this must have been a devastating blow to the house of Eli. Now it would appear that Eli finally understood the penalty of his ignoring the Lord and his son's behaviour and his neglect of his own priestly duty as we read in that last part of verse 18. Let him do what seems good to him. He demanded of Samuel that every one of us today that we speak the Lord's work accurately and with boldness but first we have to ensure that we remain true to God's word and not just our own interpretation of it. You and I have to be discerning of, about what we hear and possibly see or read in the media where preachers seem to be promoting gospels that seem to deviate from the word of the Lord as it is written within his holy book, the Bible. We should not be like Eli and his sons and allow ourselves to be persuaded by the noisy, persuasive preachers and so-called theologians who would lead you away from the Lord. Those who would turn our hearts and ears away from the message of Christ and his Father, arguing that modern times and the way of life is so different from the time of Jesus. Sin is still sin, no matter what era you live in, my friends. So what should we take away from this passage as we leave here today? I've got several points I want to bring before you. That God, even though the Jews had turned their backs on him, was patient and still wished to talk to them. And remember, he never turns his back on sinners who repent. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, I was at a, a party and there was an awful lot of noise at the, the venue. It was difficult to hear conversations. It was one of these venues where you could hear people, the table over from the one you were sitting at. And it came to me that it would be so easy, in my case, just to turn off my hearing aids and ignore the conversations going round about. And you know, there are some people who do that to God. They turn off God. They don't even talk to God. They don't pray to Him. Or when they do pray, it's for something that they demand. Please God, make me, make me well again. Please God, as I leave this journey, even though I may drive erratically, keep me safe until I get to my, my destination. And also, some people, when they're praying, only go through the motions. I don't want to pick in any particular denomination, but when you're reading uh, just responses out of a Bible, out of a prayer book or a missile. How much do you think about the words? The Lord wants to hear you praying from the heart, not from a book, my friends. It's so easy just to do it by rote, isn't it? And that's where often we sometimes go wrong with the Lord's prayer, which is such a powerful prayer, but sometimes we just do it by rote. I remember when I was a young lad uh, in Scotland, the first thing we had to do in the morning was say the Lord's Prayer before the, we had our classes in the morning. And then it just became da 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 We didn't think about the words. 
when you pray to the Lord, pray from the heart. And remember also that when you pray, listen as well. Because when you pray to the Lord, it's a two-way conversation, or it should be. You should be listening for the, for the word of the Lord, just like that child Samuel, although he was ignorant that the Lord would talk to him. You're not ignorant. You profess to the Christians, or you're seeking the Lord. If you're not sure that you've heard God speaking to us in the words of Jesus Christ, look at the Bible. He left plenty of messages there, both the Old and the New Testament, all pointing the way to Jesus Christ's ministry in the Old Testament and the message of Jesus Christ in the Second. Don't let the noise of the community around about us stop listening to God's message when we pray. Listen. It's an important part of, of communication. If you ever go to a counsellor, what does the counsellor do? They sit and listen, don't they? And then they may talk to you after you've given your speech. That's what you want from the Lord. Talk and then listen. And when reading God's Word, concentrating on the fact that God speaks to you through these, these words. And also knowing that Jesus Christ knows you better than you know yourself. Do not be like that young man in the New Testament. He went through all the rituals demanded of a Jewish uh, young man. He went to the synagogue, he listened to the word, he prayed all the prescribed prayers, but he didn't take it to heart. My friends, when you read God's word, listen with your heart. Take it through your eyes and into your heart. And take it for, don't take it for granted that the Lord speaks to you. He speaks to you through His Son, Jesus Christ, knowing that God knows you better than you. And be prepared, unlike that young man, to forget about the worldly things round about you. Concentrate on the Word as you go to church, as you sit at home opening up your Bible. Bailing out a follower of Christ, Filled with the reading of the word, listening to the message being preached, and finally speaking to him. Not, listen not only with your ears, but also with your heart. Be thankful that the Lord is always ready to listen to you. Be thankful the Lord is always there in your times of, of joy and your times of sorrow. And pray to his son Jesus Christ with a thankful heart. We're going to sing a song in a few, we sang a song a few minutes ago. Speak, O Lord. When you sing that song, you should be singing that with feeling. Because when you sing it, you should be listening as well. Read the words. Listen for the reply. Because if you listen closely, there will be a reply. So, let us pray. May the Almighty Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, continue to lead and guide all who profess them as Lord and Saviour of all. And Father, we thank you through your Son, Jesus Christ, that you have adopted us as his children. May we be like that child Samuel today and every day of our lives, Father, when you speak. Hear utter the words. Here am I. Speak, Lord, for I am listening. And we pray these things through our precious Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>